0: The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are simply that. Opinions. All are presumed innocent until proven otherwise in a court of law. Sensitive topics are discussed. Discretion is advised.
1: Hello, Court TV podcast listeners, Court TV anchor Ted Rollins here to introduce a special edition of the podcast for you this week, an audio replay of a show we premiered on Court TV called The Doomsday Couple, a Court TV special. This is an in-depth look at one of the most compelling and convoluted stories we've seen here at Court TV, that of the so-called doomsday cult mom, Lori Vallow Daybell, and her husband, the self-proclaimed prophet, Chad Nabel. This newlywed couple is surrounded by death, Chad's first wife, Lori's ex-husband, Lori's brother, and worst of all, her children, Tylee Ryan and J.J. Vallo. In this special, Court TV's Chanley Painter and I will walk you through the timeline of this case, which has grabbed national attention and is sure to be one of the biggest legal stories we cover on Court TV in the coming months. Have a listen.
2: The Casey Anthony case, I parallel that to this, except I think it's a bigger case by far.
0: She said, you're not Charles. I don't know who you are, what you did with
3: Charles, but I can murder you now.
4: We're gathering together as saints, as brothers and sisters, and preparing for the second coming of Christ.
3: She needs some serious help. Yeah. I want her to get help. You had something
2: that you knew was the right thing to do, but it turns out that later on it was a felony
3: turned around and he hit me in the back of the head with the bat. I went to my room and got
2: my gun. How long have you lived here? Like three weeks. <laughs> like, hi neighbor, sorry.
0: We did respond to uh, an unattended death at the Daybell home and Tammy Daybell was uh, deceased.
5: Rexburg police knocked on this door conducting a welfare check only to find Lori and her new husband, Chad Daybell, were nowhere to be found.
1: Where are your kids? Welcome. No comment? They've been missing for four months. You have nothing to say?
4: Every minute of every day where Lori's not saying something, it's a slap in the face.
1: Where are my brother and sister?
3: Can't be that hard to answer. Tell us where the kids are. That's all I want to know.
1: Nothing is coincidental, and I think there are way too many coincidences going on. Welcome to The Doomsday Couple, a Core TV special. I'm Core TV anchor Ted Rollins. The story of Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell is a twisted combination of religion, love, and murder. For investigators, it began with two missing children. It ended with five people dead. And a small community in eastern Idaho left wondering why. Rexburg, Idaho, surrounded by the Teton and Sawtooth Mountains, sits 90 minutes from the western entrance of Yellowstone National Park. The people living in this section of eastern Idaho say they're closer than most, in part because nearly everyone living here is Mormon.
3: It's probably the area. We're all LDS, the majority of us, and uh, I think that probably something that draws us all together. So in November of
1: 2019, when news that two children from a local Mormon family were missing, it immediately grabbed people's attention. Nate Sunderland is the managing editor of the East Idaho News.
3: People were interested in the story right from the beginning. We don't normally get um, missing kids news releases uh, that are like this. And it just it just continued to get bigger and bigger. 16-year-old Tylee Ryan
1: and her little brother, 7-year-old JJ Vallo, their smiles now on a missing poster hadn't been seen in weeks. And their mother, Lori Vallow, apparently
3: wasn't cooperating with police. Typically, when a missing person is reported, it's the parents that call us. Um, And so when we posted this story, I think people immediately knew that something was fishy.
1: Eventually, the FBI was brought in to help and the story started to spread far
2: beyond Eastern Idaho. As the investigation continues into the disappearance of her two younger children.
5: Along with the FBI, Rexburg police have asked multiple other agencies throughout the US to join in on the investigation. The story of the missing children, JJ and Tylee, didn't just stay in the local East Idaho news. It took off around the nation. And the kicker was that their mother, beautiful blonde Lori Vallow, is seemingly unconcerned.
1: JJ's grandparents, Larry and Kay Woodcock, were the first to sound the alarm. The Woodcocks had a special relationship with JJ.
4: JJ was in a neonatal ICU NICU because he was born two pounds and 14 ounces and he was uh, 10 weeks premature. He was our baby from, you know, just instead fall in love. That's what you do with grandkids. You just fall in love immediately.
1: JJ was adopted by Charles and Lori Vallow when he was one. But before that, he lived with his grandparents, Kay and Larry.
4: He's autistic. So there's, you know, they have issues.
1: Charles
3: and Lori got him and had him in the special schools. His intelligence level was unbelievable. Even after they were adopted, the grandparents kept very, um, a very close connection uh, with J.J. They, they Skyped all the time. Charles Vallow died in July
1: of 2019. After he passed, the Woodcocks and Lori had a falling out. But Larry and Kay still desperately wanted to see or at least talk to J.J. But Lori had essentially cut off communication.
4: I was emailing her and begging her, please, just, we will fly to Arizona.
1: We will fly to wherever you
4: are. Give us an owl with him.
1: The fallout between Lori and the Woodcocks was partially over money, a million dollars. Before Charles Vallow died, he switched the beneficiary to his life insurance policy from Lori to his sister Kay.
4: I didn't ask for that. He did it. Because he knew
5: how we were going to end up with J.J.,
1: yeah.
5: or so he thought. The Woodcocks haven't heard from J.J. Vallow for weeks, for months. They get concerned. They're used to hearing from this seven-year-old on FaceTime and videos and phone calls. They're trying to call him. They aren't getting through. Their concern eventually grows to the point that they contact the Chandler, Arizona, Police Department.
1: That call from Larry and Kay Woodcock would set off what would become a months-long search for J.J. and his sister, Tylee. Police tracked down the children's mother, Lori, in Rexburg, Idaho, where she'd been living for nearly three months. There was no sign of J.J. or Tylee. But Lori wasn't living alone. Her brother Alex had also moved to Rexburg at the same time and was renting a unit in the same complex. And in the apartment next door to Lori, her niece, Melanie Boudreaux, who had come to Rexburg along with Alex and Lori, leaving her children behind in Arizona.
2: Lori, I'm Lieutenant Police Department. How are you? You got a minute?
1: This is a recording of the first and only interaction between Lori and police, talking about the whereabouts of her children.
2: Are you alone, or is that helpful? Uh, my brother's here. So, JJ would be where?
1: She's in Arizona. <laughs> with in Arizona? She's with one of my
4: friends in Arizona.
1: Lori would tell police that JJ was with a woman named Melanie Gibb, and his sister, Tylee, was off at college. Then, she started to ramble.
4: It is very weird. I've had to move around a lot. One of my brothers is trying to kill me, not the brother that lives here, obviously. He's kind of my protector.
1: (laughs) She even brought up Kay Woodcock and the million dollars.
4: What happened was my husband, who we were married for 15 years and had raised all these five kids together, switched his life insurance policy to her, right? (laughs) To (laughs) To his sister, Uh who got a million dollars when he died. And we got nothing for me to raise JJ and all the kids got nothing and everybody got nothing.
1: That day, police also had a strange interaction with Lori's new husband, Chad Daybell, who at first claimed he didn't know Lori's phone number. It was obvious that something was wrong. So the next day, police returned with a search warrant,
2: but Lori and her new husband, Chad, were gone. There was food in the refrigerator, food in the pantry. Everything had been taken off the hangers and there was no clothes in the dresser drawers.
5: When they returned to the home, she's nowhere to be found. Her friends, her family, don't know where Lori Vallow is.
2: Kids, y'all know that I love you.
3: I, I want you home more than I want to breathe. By the first week of
1: December 2019, just days after the unsuccessful welfare check on seven-year-old J.J. Vallow, an all-out search was underway for both J.J. and his older sister, Tylee Ryan. The children's mother, Lori Vallow, who told police that J.J. was in Arizona and Tylee was in college, had vanished along with her new husband, Chad Daybell.
2: We attempted several times to get a hold of Lori and her cell phone were shut off. Uh, We attempted to get a hold of Chad and never gotten any return phone calls. And in fact, they retained an attorney and refused to answer any questions.
1: Investigators quickly determined that Tylee was never enrolled in college. And Lori's Arizona friend, Melanie Gibb, who originally lied to police, she confessed, saying she never had J.J. She was only covering for her friend Lori.
6: She told me that the police had been there asking for J.J., and that she told the police that I had JJ, that I was at a movie called Frozen.
1: Weeks would go by with no significant leads and by early January, concern for the children's safety was growing. Larry and Kay Woodcock, JJ's grandparents, were doing everything they could to keep the story alive. Please, for
3: God's sake, please, please step up. These are beautiful young children. We want them back. This is Colby Ryan,
1: Lori Vallow's oldest son, and Tyler Ryan's half-brother. Unable to get a hold of his mother, he posted an emotional plea to Lori on YouTube. I'm your
3: son. I would never want anything to happen to you. And I know never want anything to happen to Tyler JJ ever. I know you know the right thing to do is. And I know that you have a good heart, so I know that it's time to do the right thing.
1: Lori Vallow is on her fifth marriage. Her third marriage to Joseph Ryan, Tylee's father, ended in 2004. Joseph Ryan died in 2018 of an apparent heart attack. Lori's fourth husband, Charles Vallow, was a stabilizing force. Married for 15 years, Lori and Charles adopted JJ together and helped raise Tylee and Colby. Kay Woodcock is Charles Vallow's sister.
4: So it was it was just a, a family unit, and we were part of the unit, and we loved each other.
2: If somebody two years ago would have said, this is what's going to happen with Lori, I would have never believed it. Kay would have never believed it.
1: As the search for the kids and Lori and Chad continued in mid-January, Nate Sunderland, managing editor of the East Idaho News, says they started getting a few tips that Lori and Chad might be in Hawaii, a place Lori was very familiar with. She and Charles lived on the island of Kauai for a few years with JJ and Tylee.
3: The police were going to go there, and they were going to try to either make an arrest um, or try to... uh, forced the issue of coming back to, to Eastern Idaho. We were able to go. Did you do something to
1: your children? Are your children still alive? That's a simple question. I've got three kids of my own. I can tell you every minute where my kids are at. Where are your children?
3: questioned question for five to you know, 10 minutes. uh, And we only got one response uh, the entire time. Listen, just tell people what's happening. There's people around the country praying for your
1: children, praying for you guys. Why don't you give us answers? That's great. That's great. That's great that they're praying for you, praying for your kids, what?
2: You have nothing to say?
5: How infuriating that was for everyone watching. Sincerely concerned, it's almost as if the public's outrage and concern For the whereabouts of Tylee and JJ outweighs the parents.
1: With Lori and Chad now located in Hawaii, prosecutors back in Idaho came up with a plan to bring Lori back by filing a child protection order.
2: It instructed her to bring her minor children to the Rexburg Police Department or the the Department of Health and Welfare within five days of being served.
1: A few weeks later, with still no sign of Tylee and JJ, Lori Vallow was taken into custody by Hawaiian police. She was transported here to the Kauai
3: Police Department headquarters and booked into our cell block where she stayed until she got uh, taken to her court appearance earlier this morning.
4: First of all, Ms. Vallow, do you understand that a demand has been made uh, for your surrender by the state of
5: Idaho? Yes. Lori's first court appearance was short. She arrived into court wearing plain clothes, and it's a packed courthouse. The judge sets bail $5 million, but significantly, her husband, Chad Daybell, is sitting just a few rows behind her, white shirt, blue tie, concerned look on his face.
1: Chad was there again in early March when Lori made her first court appearance back in Madison County, Idaho, wearing red lipstick and an orange and white jumpsuit. Also there... Larry and Kay Woodcock, and Lori's son, Colby. My whole
3: plan is to try to go figure out a way to actually speak with her and, you know, be able to get in front of her and just ask her son, just just try to plead with her, ask her where Tylee and JJ are. This can't be that hard to answer. This is not about Lori. Guys, this is Lori telling us where those two kids are. Coming
1: up, two dead spouses. Chad Daybell's wife mysteriously dies just days before his marriage to Lori. Plus, Lori's ex-husband,
2: Charles. So what makes her a danger to herself and to others? She threatened me, murder me,
1: kill me. She threatened to murder you? Yes. When The Doomsday Couple, a Court TV special,
2: returns.
0: True Crime Series.
4: These are the true stories behind the trials.
0: Renowned journalist Ashley Banfield takes you behind the scenes of the most compelling cases in history.
4: We focus on the detail, we focus on the evidence.
0: And investigates the murders, lies, and alibis that led to justice in the courtroom.
4: This is the new chapter in True Crime.
0: Judgment with Ashley Banfield. All new episodes, Sunday nights at 8 on Court TV.
1: In March, 2020, Lori Vallow was back in Rexburg, Idaho. Her Hawaiian beach clothes were replaced with an orange and white jumpsuit. Her husband, Chad, still by her side, supporting her during court appearances. Meanwhile, investigators still had no idea where her children were. And frustration over Lori and Chad's refusal to produce Tylee and JJ was starting to boil over.
2: I only have one question, where are the kids? At
3: this point, it had been a couple months since anyone had seen J.J. and Tylee, and it didn't look like their parents cared, and she wasn't willing to say anything.
1: While Rexburg police and the FBI were doing everything in their power to find Tylee and J.J., police in Chandler, Arizona, were investigating Lori for another reason, the death of her fourth husband, Charles Vallow.
3: Uh, There was a—I got in a fight with my brother-in-law, and I shot him in self-defense. Is he hurt or is he alive or? Yeah, there's blood. He's he's not moving.
1: That's Lori's brother, Alex Cox, calling 911 in July of 2019 saying he had just shot and killed his brother-in-law, Charles Vallow. You know, no weapons? No me. All right, come on out this way. When police arrive, they find Alex by himself at Lori's newly rented home. I'm
2: going to have you have a seat right here on the curb.
1: Inside is Lori Vallow's fourth husband, Charles, dead on the living room floor.
2: What happened today? How did it get to
1: this? Alex told the officers that Charles came after him with a baseball bat, saying it all started between Lori and Charles and that Tylee brought out a bat and then your niece pulls out a bat?
3: Well, it wasn't, her. he was getting close and she came out to defend my sister,
2: her bat. Your niece? Yes. Okay. And then she poked at him and he took it away.
1: Alex said Lori and Tylee left to take JJ to school and it was then that Charles came after him with that bat.
3: I turned around and he hit me in the back of the head with the bat. So I went to my room and got my gun, that so was period. So-
2: you went to your room, meaning yep. the room well, you're staying in? Again. Yeah. Okay, and you,
3: you, you brought a gun yep. with you? Yes. Do you always yep. bring a gun? I can still carry all
1: Then, Lori and Tylee show up. Hi, who are you? Okay,
2: just stand over there for just a second, guys. And then, uh, I told him to put
3: the bat down, and he wouldn't, and he came at me he again.
2: And the wife just showed up as well. And
3: I said, no, I want you to put that bat down, and he wouldn't do it. And he's like, and he came at me with the bat again he already hit me in the head, so I shot him to
5: stop him. He's sitting on the sidewalk. Police come up, ask him what happens, and he just sort of in a nonchalant way describes, oh, my brother-in-law hit me in the back of the head uh, with a baseball bat, and I shot him in self-defense. Really unemotional, uh, cool as a cucumber.
1: Then it was Lori's turn to talk to the police.
5: We just moved here.
2: Gotcha. How long have you guys lived here? i How long have you lived here? Like three weeks. Oh, geez. Yeah, okay. And
4: that's why the neighbors
1: don't know us. Gotcha. Yeah. Like, hi, neighbor, sorry. The story of what happened to Charles and Alex and Lori's demeanor was suspicious. An investigation was immediately launched. Larry and Kay Woodcock didn't believe it for a second.
3: That was the most bull story Larry. that I have ever heard in my life that was a setup a absolute setup murder for hire
1: remember kay is charles Vallow's sister she knew that charles and lori were having problems charles had recently made kay the beneficiary to his 1 billion dollar life insurance policy which lori was about to find out
4: she ran across uh, i imagine she was searching for the uh change of beneficiary form in Charles's files she had in Arizona, and she took a picture of it, and she said, five kids and, and no money, and his sister gets everything. That and was the last interaction with Lori.
1: Yeah. last communication. Lori's ex-husband's death wasn't the only one being investigated. In Utah, the death of Chad Daybell's wife, Tammy, was also raising suspicion.
5: Suddenly, Tammy Daybell, Chad's first wife, passes away in her sleep. Now, this is a 49-year-old woman. She's an avid runner, and according to her friends and family, was in good health, Uh, seemed to be in good spirits around the time of her death, which really raised a lot of eyebrows.
1: Chad
3: and Tammy Daybell were married for 28 years before Tammy's death. They had five children, they lived out in little old Salem. He held religious positions in the LDS ward. They were kind of the quintessential Latter-day Saint couple. Together,
1: Chad and Tammy started a book publishing company. Chad was a prolific writer authoring more than 30 books, most of them about his past visions and the end of times. Like-minded authors like Chad and Tammy's friend Julie Rowe used the Daybells Publishing Company for their books. After Tammy's death, something Chad told Julie about a vision that his wife would die now seemed suspicious. I did ask him, Chad, do you still see Tammy dying? And he said, yes, I do. Also suspicious, Chad declined to have an autopsy performed on his wife. And there was his behavior at Tammy's funeral. He recited
6: many things that were not asked for. Um, and concerning the details of her death. He, he told us what happened to her that morning. He told us that she had since been to visit him and is helping him set affairs in order, giving him direction on how to, and, how to handle certain children and their future and even where they should live, what schools they should go to. He, he told us all this in just the space of two minutes.
3: At their funeral, he didn't stay there very long. Uh, He was upbeat, he was talking to members of the family like nothing was wrong. It didn't seem like uh, he, it didn't seem like it mattered all that much. Most disturbing, however, just 10 days after
1: Tammy's death, Chad was on a beach in Hawaii, marrying his new wife, Lori. On November 5th, 2019, Chad Daybell and Lori Vallow exchanged wedding vows on a beach in Hawaii. Chad's wife, Tammy, of 28 years, had only been dead for two and a half weeks, which, for friends and family back in Idaho, was difficult to comprehend.
3: Chad marries this woman who is beautiful. She's blonde, she's thin, she's very athletic. It was bizarre that his wife would just die and that he'd hook up with someone uh, so quickly.
1: Chad, who, according to court records, received $430,000 in life insurance money, tried to explain his wife Tammy's death to Lori's friend, Melanie, in a phone call she recorded. Tammy had been
0: getting weaker and
2: sick. I begged her to go to the doctor. She just, her heart was failing
1: her. She was... Physically falling apart, but she a doctor, so mm-hmm. she just passed away. And there was something else about Tammy's death that didn't seem right.
5: Lori Vallow used her deceased husband, Charles Vallow's Amazon account, to order matching wedding rings 17 days before Chad Daybell's wife passes away. How does she know 17 days before Timmy Daybell dies in her sleep that Tammy Daybell was going to die in her sleep that she has wedding rings prepared so that she can then marry Chad Daybell?
1: Chad and Lori's beach wedding came just over a year after they first met at a religious conference. Lori's friend, Melody, was also there. Chad was a featured speaker.
6: He talked about the different visions he had of what he saw was gonna happen in the last days.
1: Chad's visions, which he claimed started after a near-death diving accident when he was a teenager, made him a celebrity of sorts within a small community of like-minded Mormons that believed the end of the world was imminent.
2: I've recently released my autobiography entitled Living on the Edge of Heaven, where I tell more about my two near-death experiences.
6: He would have meetings with, at people's homes where he would sort of promote his books. He would usually have 20, 30 people. He would just talk about the ideas in his books and what he saw in, in visions. And they were enjoyable to listen to, and I, I felt they were genuine.
5: LDS faith, it is accepted for a person to have visions and Chad was known for his sixth sense of things that may come or may not come. It was a way really for him to connect with other like-minded members of the Mormon Church to join together with him and share this common, special ground.
1: According to Lori's friend Melanie, Lori and Chad had an instant connection and started communicating and seeing each other to discuss religion and Chad Visions in December of 2018, they were featured together in a religious podcast.
4: We're gathering together as saints, as brothers and sisters, and preparing for the second coming of
3: Christ. It was obvious to Melanie Gibb that there was some chemistry between uh, Chad and Lori, and that they were that they had a relationship. Uh, that went beyond just they're doing podcasts together and discussing the end of the world. Over the next few months, Lori was also starting to have
1: visions, and Chad told friends that he had lived several past lives on different planets, and that he and Lori had actually been married before. The way he described it was that his veil was more open than it had been, and he started remembering some of his past lives. Then, in early 2019, Chad and Lori's beliefs, according to friends, started getting darker and stranger, including visions that certain people around them had turned into zombies, their bodies taken over by evil forces. One of those people was Lori's husband, Charles Vallow.
5: Her religious stuff is gone way off the deep just way off.
1: Charles was so concerned about Lori's behavior, he contacted police telling officers that Lori believed he, Charles, had been taken over by a zombie named Nick Schneider.
3: I've tried to support as much as I could, but it's gotten really, really bad. lately. She's
2: had a break. She says, I'm Nick Schneider. I've taken over Charles's body. And Charles has been killed. I'm gonna kill you. You're gonna be murdered today or tomorrow. I have, I can do it if I my priesthood
1: my powers. She's got, she has blessings. Charles also told the officers that Lori had told him that she had special powers and that in a past life she had been married to the angel Moroni, the figure seen holding a trumpet on top of many LDS temples.
2: She thinks she married to Moroni in the past. You age. think she's what? We're married to Morona, the top of the temple. Angel.
4: Angel. Angel LDS.
2: And she knows when the second coming is happening next year, so there's a prophet. Scared the crap out.
1: Six months later, Charles Vallow was dead. Coming up, Alex Cox.
5: A lot of people believe that Alex Cox is like the
1: family hitman. As the bodies start piling up, one person seems to be connected to them all.
2: He believes that Alex Cox
1: was the person who fired that shot. When the Doomsday Couple, a Court TV special, returns.
0: Follow Court TV live over the air uninterrupted. If you're watching television with an antenna, just rescan your channels now to add Court TV and go to Court to see the exact channel position and more ways to watch Court TV in your area.
1: By early March 2020, Tylie and JJ had been missing for nearly six months. Lori was in jail. Chad was back in his family home in eastern Idaho. Neither one were talking. Investigators released these photos showing Tylee, JJ, Lori, and Lori's brother, Alex Cox. The images were taken on September 8th at Yellowstone National Park. They were the last evidence of Tylee alive. The FBI was now asking for anyone who was at the park that same day to check their photos and send them to investigators.
3: This message from the FBI that, you know, they wanted more information for the public, it was very evident that there was a lot of information about this case that maybe they couldn't quite piece together. What investigators did know was the last
1: day both Tylie and J.J. were last seen. And on both days, Lori's brother, Alex Cox, was there. He's there in the Yellowstone photos on September 8th. And he was also there the last time J.J. was seen on September 22nd. This is doorbell camera video of J.J. running, captured on September 17th. The next week, on the night of the 22nd, Lori's friend, Melanie Gibb, was visiting Lori. She brought her boyfriend, David Warwick. The three were recording a religious podcast when Alex Cox walked in
2: with JJ. He was staying with Alex, and Alex brought him him home and carried him to bed.
1: But the next morning, both Alex and JJ were gone, and the explanation that Lori gave was bizarre, saying her son had turned into a zombie.
2: She said that he was uh, being a zombie, and climbed up on the cabinets, climbed up on top of the fridge, smashed her picture of Christ down, and then climbed up onto the upper cabinets and got between the top of the cabinet and the ceiling. I asked to see him, and she just said that he was out of control, so she had Alex come to get him.
1: Remember, it was Alex Cox that killed Lori's fourth husband, Charles Vallow, claiming it was self defense.
3: He came at me, I shot him to stop him. There was another
1: incident possibly connected to Alex Cox in early October of 2019. Melanie Boudreau, Lori's niece, who moved to Rexburg at the same time as Lori and Alex, her soon-to-be ex-husband Brandon says somebody tried to kill him.
4: 911, where's your emergency?
1: Um, someone just shot my window. Someone shot
4: uh, at your vehicle?
6: Yeah, and it hit my window, shattered my
2: driver's side window. Brandon had dropped off his kids, and he was coming back from the gym uh, to his house. And as he pulled up to the curb, a shot came from a nearby Jeep uh, that was uh, parked on the opposite side of the street.
1: The bullet hit Brandon's Tesla, missing his head by a few inches. The shooter's Jeep with Texas plates was registered to Lori Vallow's ex-husband, Charles, who at the time had been dead for more than two months. Brandon says he didn't get a good look at the shooter, but believes he knows who it was.
3: He believes
2: that Alex Cox was the person who fired that shot. He knew that Alex Cox was kind of the family hitman and uh, he just fairly quickly uh, came to the conclusion that it was Alex
1: Cox. Around the same day Brandon was shot at, Lori was seen with an unidentified male loading a spare tire and what appears to be a vehicle seat in and out of a Rexburg storage unit. Also in October of 2019, another suspicious shooting, possibly tied to Alex Cox. Ten days before Chad's wife Tammy mysteriously died in her sleep, she called 911 to report that she'd been shot at in her driveway by a man wearing a mask. She thought maybe it was a paintball gun, but now
3: authorities investigating Tammy's death aren't so sure. It was uh, an indication that there may have been something else going on. Uh, that maybe this might have been a first attempt uh, to get her out of the picture and it just didn't work. A
5: lot of people believe that Alex Cox, Lori's brother, is like the family hitman, the family assassin. Every time a body is found or there's a suspicious death, Alex Cox seems to be the common link to all of it, tying the story together.
1: Twelve years before Alex killed Lori's fourth husband, Charles, he served three months in a Texas jail for attacking Lori's third husband, Joseph Ryan. According to the police report, Alex Cox used a stun gun on Joseph Ryan and threatened to kill him while accompanying Lori during a child custody exchange. Alex would actually joke about it years later during an open mic comedy
2: routine. You ever had something that you knew was the right thing to do, but it turns out that later on it was a a felony? (laughs) Alex Cox
1: was a possible suspect in Charles Vallow's death, Tammy Daybell's death, the shooting of Brandon Boudreaux, and the disappearances of both Tylee and JJ.
3: Of course, the connection between Alex Cox and all of these people was his sister Lori. They had a very, very close relationship. When they moved to Rexburg, he was in the same apartment complex. Um, And we know that he also believed uh, the same sort of religious things uh, that Lori uh, was believing. Then on
1: December 12th, 2019, another 911 call. Someone else was dead.
4: 911, where is your emergency? I
6: need an ambulance. I have a... Older male here named Alex. He's
4: uh he just passed out here on the on my, on my bathroom. I think he's passed out.
1: Okay, you think he's
4: unconscious?
1: Yes. On the same day that investigators were exhuming the body of Tammy Daybell, Alex Cox mysteriously ended up dead. The official cause of death was a pulmonary embolism. The children were still missing, and now one of the main suspects in their disappearance was gone. As spring turned to the summer of 2020 in Rexburg, Idaho, there was still no sign of the missing children, Tylee Ryan and J.J. Vallow. It had been eight months since they'd last been seen. Their mother, Lori Vallow, had been in jail since February and her new husband, Chad Daybell, was not cooperating with police. The couple's bizarre religious beliefs included the thought
3: that the end of the world was coming very soon, within weeks. People had two ideas. They thought either the children are gone and they're dead, or they thought that these guys are just crazy preppers and there's a bunker somewhere uh, where these kids are being kept um, by friends or family. Friends say Chad and Lori believe that not only was
1: the end of the world coming, but when it happened in July 2020, they would be leading the 144,000 chosen ones mentioned in the
2: Bible. So the book of Revelation has a chapter in which it talks about how when when Jesus comes back to the earth or or in anticipation of that, then there will be 12,000 elders or members from each of the 12 tribes of Israel. And so when you do 12 times 12,000, that's how you get to 144,000. Chad and Lori also
1: believed that evil spirits had taken over the bodies of people around them calling them zombies. Lori even told her friend Melanie Gibb that her own children, JJ and Tylee, were zombies. According to Melanie, Tylee
3: had overheard her mother talking about it on the phone. What's most sad about the situation is that Tylee heard the conversation. Uh, she knew their mother had thought that she was turning into a zombie and, and she actually said, no mom, it, it I'm not a zombie, it's not me.
5: That was probably one of the most heartbreaking pieces of evidence to realize that the 16 year old girl who has been living this life with her mother, she knows what a zombie is, she knows what it means to be overtaken by a dark spirit. She knows what her mom believes, what Chad believes, and what that may mean for her.
1: Then, on June 9th, almost nine months to the day after Tylee was last seen, Rexburg police and the FBI served a search warrant on Chad Daybell's home. They'd searched the property before during the winter when the ground was frozen. Now, they were back, interested specifically
2: in the backyard. I observed the evidence response recovery team uh, and also cadaver dogs uh, working the entire backyard. So they worked the the pond area and then they had marked off other areas inside the backyard.
1: Something stood out in the pond area on the north side of the property. Fresh sod on top of several rocks. Beneath the
2: rocks, some paneling. As soon as they removed the paneling, I could smell the odor of a decomposing body. It was JJ.
1: The seven-year-old's body was buried in Chad Daybell's backyard, wrapped in
2: plastic and duct tape. And then as I cut through the white plastic, that's when the you know, possible human hair started coming out onto my hands. And, and that was the point where we determined this is human
1: remains. Then they started digging in a pet cemetery, which Chad had talked about in this suspicious text conversation with his late wife Tammy on September 9th, the day after Tylee was last seen alive. I've had an interesting morning, says Chad to Tammy. I felt I should burn all the limb debris by the fire pit before it got too soaked by the coming storm. While I did so, I spotted a big raccoon along the fence. I hurried and got my gun, and he was still walking along. I got close enough that one shot did the trick. He is now in our pet cemetery. Fun times. When investigators dug up the pet cemetery, they found Tylee, dismembered and burned
2: they had already dug down and located what would appear to be a, a mass of burnt flesh and
1: charred bone. Earlier that morning, before the remains were located, Chad Daybell was watching the evidence response team in his backyard when he received a call from the Madison County Jail. His wife, Lori, was calling to say
2: hello. Are
4: you okay? So the house
2: again? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what are they in the house? No, they're up in property.
4: Are they seizing stuff again?
5: What an explosive phone call Not a lot is said And not a lot can be understood In the conversation But what is explosive Is how they're talking You can hear the concern in Chad's voice You can tell that he's nervous I love
2: you so much Thank you for having me Should I try to call you later? Um, I
5: don't know
2: Uh, You can try,
1: yeah? After the phone call from Lori, Chad decided to take off. He was picked up and arrested by investigators immediately after they found the first set of remains.
2: Shortly after the remains were discovered, uh, Chad
3: Davell was taken into custody.
1: The community in Eastern Idaho that had feared the worst but held out hope that the children would be found safe was heartbroken.
5: It's crazy to see What's actually happened and what's you know kind of came out of this, and it's it's just so devastating, especially to the family. Just hours after the FBI and the police release the crime scene, the Daybill property, back to the family, you could start to see spectators, community members driving up and leaving flowers, teddy bears, notes, cards. And as the hours went by, as the days and weeks went by, this memorial with photos grew almost the length of the fence line down the Daybell property.
1: April Raymond, Lori's good friend from Hawaii, who knew the children very well, traveled to Idaho to pay her respects.
4: I hope that they you know, are held accountable and whatever the state of Idaho feels that their punishment should be, um, I feel comfortable with that.
6: Poor people that were in our family are dead comes a point where you got to wake up and realize there's some either mental illness there, some evil influences there. At some point, you're going to have to come to that realization that you can't live in this pretended bubble that you believe in anymore. It's got to pop eventually because you're not going to uh, come out of jail. You're going to be there for the rest of your
1: life. For Lori and Chad, their doomsday prediction of a July end of the world has come and gone. They remain in jail awaiting trial. Their story of love, religion, and death has so many unanswered questions. Among them, why did so many people, including two innocent children, have to die? We may learn some answers as to why so many people had to die and who is responsible in early 2021 when Chad and Lori are scheduled to go on trial. We will be there to watch it all unfold here on Court TV, I'm Ted Rollins. Thanks for watching.
0: This podcast is a production of CORE TV. Go to CORETV.com for more content, trials on demand, and to find out how to watch CORE TV in your area.